You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 142 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more this Overwatch League Season 5. I'm your host, Ramses. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointPOD, at Ramses underscore OW, at Lebosco. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, or send us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. Lebosco, we have did it. We have, we have did it. We have done it. We are in the... The home stretch of the season, so to say. Yep, we are. We've we've uh, we've hit the last little bit of games that are going to be coming up, and then it's going to be tournament time. It's uh, really feels like it's flown by fast. It feels like it's been a very very quick season for some reason. It's really like Overwatch League season is so interesting because it feels like while it's happening, you're like it doesn't feel like that long, and all of a sudden you turn around, it's like oh, this season just zipped by. Like something mm-hmm. between like the individual seasons feel kind of long. But then, like when you like taken as a whole, it feels really short. Yeah, it, it definitely feels uh, pretty short for some reason. I don't know why I always feel so short, but uh, it should be exciting, though. I think um, I think this is maybe one of the most open uh, end of seasons we've had in a while. So I think that makes it kind of exciting. I think so too. Um, and we have a couple of quick news stories before we get into some major stuff and into. Um, the recap for summer showdown um first things first uh there was an announcement earlier uh a couple days ago that uh the la gladiators and ons were parting ways uh mutually agreed um no hard like indicator from him or from the team specifically like what's going on um we did hear some discussion from yiska that it sounds like they offered like he was not sure if he wanted to stay on. Um, they offered him the opportunity to leave before the season deadline so he could maybe play for another team. And he declined. And then because he's no matter what, um, it's the decision happened after the end of season, the end of trade deadline. So he is no longer eligible to play for the rest of the season. Which is so. kind of unfortunate because a player as good as he is, it really kind of sucks that um, that's the case, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you'd like to see him still playing, but it was kind of weird. Cause like, um, wasn't like he was bad. It wasn't yeah, like he, was any he played pretty, pretty darn well whenever he did play. So I don't know why this all of a sudden had to happen, I guess is the mm-hmm. most confusing part. I mean, my theory is not the right word, but I think if I had to guess, I remember him, I remember there being similar. Um, I remember there being similar feelings from him when he initially left. Um, when he left the shock, I think a year and a half ago, um, uh, about there about it just being issues with stress and him being very, I think, stretched really thin with how the game was currently going. Um, we don't know. I mean, the he all he's actually done is just post a tweet saying, sorry, fans. That's about it. So I mean he's we don't know, and I doubt we ever will get a full story from it, but it sounds like we don't necessarily I mean, need to either. Well, and he's done for the season. We're yeah. not seeing him anymore for season five. Hopefully we see him at some point in season six because he was having a good year. Yeah. Like you said, it wasn't like he was doing poorly. Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those things where, where it's always, you know, unfortunate when you see something like that happen to, you know, we're a player who you want to see what their ceiling is, you know, mm-hmm. and we know that he's got a pretty darn high ceiling. So I, I really hate that, like, they don't have the power rankings thing the same as it was last year. Where like you you had like the the stats sort of power rankings like now it's just the the team power rankings I don't know the, it feels so uh, empty sometimes when you look at the the website for certain things right yeah uh, kind of sucks. it's I mean par for the course kind of everywhere it feels like a, with the league unfortunately yeah um another announcement uh, for a player the Guangzhou Charge announced that they had signed Piggy uh, to come in and play off to, well to join the team um good player i think hat who was it was it harsha or somebody else who posted like that this that he was somebody who really deserved another shot um somebody who really deserved another chance with another team um piggy's gr- i 
it's unfortunate. I feel like Piggy kind of gets put in a rough position this season just because he has not necessarily gotten to play a lot of heroes he's really good at. Um, like the Sigma, I uh, like the Zarya. Granted, I understand like you have to work with what you have, or like that was kind of the expectation this year, but like I think you and I even you and I had even talked about going into this season that like only having Piggy was kind of a cause of concern because we knew what his hero pool was like. Well, right. If if you weren't confident in him, um, you know, being a what's the right word? Like, if you weren't confident in him being able to play other heroes that like we knew weren't part of his pool, why was he the only one you went into the season with? Right. And we know it's in part because Dante is their off tank now, basically. I mean, Dante Dante's pretty much just their tank player, except for like a couple, right? Yeah, or I said off tank, but it, yeah, because it's like off tanks, I feel like is what is mostly play. But yeah, it, it, like he's their tank now. So it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I, I guess if, if you weren't that confident in what he did, um, why were you doing it? I still don't understand. Like, is is Dante just better at tank now than DPS? Like, was he not one of the better DPS players in the league? I, I just don't understand some of the things that Houston does. And not that I should, but um, it just doesn't make sense to me. So mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't get what they've been doing. Uh, not that they've had the worst results, but could they have better results? Maybe if they had Dante playing next to Pelican. I don't know. So it's whatever at this point good for uh piggy that he's getting his second opportunity yeah i agree um we got a pretty big uh news dump kind of out of nowhere um a couple days ago i everyone was joking because they had the overwatch team pretty much posted everything at like 2 a.m um about a ton of details for overwatch 2 new hero um the battle pass how like everything with their balancing strategy going forward. Um, you and I were talking about this pre-show. It would be great for like, <laughs> it, it remains frustrating how little hype there is going into this game, how little of like a machine it feels like there is promoting this game. So like, I don't know, maybe making a bigger deal about this instead of just throwing it up here and expecting everybody who plays this game to do the work for you. Um, at any rate, um, there's a couple we have a couple of things to dive into from it. Um, for one, uh, over, I think what, what day was it? Is that there's, um, overwatch one servers are going to go off for about like 36 hours or something from what I, what I read that there will be about 36 hours where the overwatch just in general will not be available until overwatch two starts. And overwatch two servers go up and you had, you had, um, you saw memes, I guess, from TF2 players being like, LOL, we've outlasted Overwatch. This game, like, so many things of Overwatch has come and gone, but TF2 is still here. And, like, you can look at the article and it would literally just be like, we'll be gone for 36 hours before restarting. And it's just so goofy. All of everything that continues to, like, I, I just don't understand how. Like I, I, I still you, you told me earlier, but before that, I forgot what time, what day Overwatch 2 was even coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm used to more hype being built around a, a release like this, right? Um, it feels a little weird. So, yeah, I, I, and like the battle pass news is kind of goofy too, and whatever. And like, I don't know the, the the whole thing right now. I'm not excited for Overwatch two, if I'm being frankly honest. Oh yeah, me neither. It's not something I'm like super rushing to play at this point. I don't um, even know if I'll update to it right away. You know, uh, well, I well, I know I won't because I think I'll be leaving to go out of town that day, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I am at the currently at the point where, like, I've had to explain to a couple people what is actually going on for the game because they don't know. Um, and these are people who, like, are interested, who want to play. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I will give it a cursory checkup. I don't oh, see yeah. it really... I don't see it being a major thing for me at this point, unfortunately, either. Dep- um, depends on how into Wrath of the Lich King I am at that point, too, because that's <laughs> been my... Like, literally, that's what I do all day when I'm not working, is I play Wrath of the Lich King, so <laughs> my life is boring. Um, So a couple of things got released. Uh, for, well, announced. First things first is uh, Kiriko, the new healer, 
um, who got announced uh, earlier this week. She is a high mobility, single target hybrid healer um, with a large focus on DPS. Uh, her primary fire is called Healing Ofuda. So it's um it's a ranged homing heal, um kind of like um Brigitte, kind of like Brigitte's uh repair pack, like where you throw it and it'll chase the person who you're trying to heal. Um it's a little bit slower, but you can um you kind you can pre-fire it. So like it's if someone's about to take damage with it, it'll go and hit them. Um secondary finer is like a kunai, so it is, quote, fast-firing projectiles with low damage, but landing a critical hit deals extra damage beyond the normal two times modifier. Um, and they're comparing it to how, like, a scoped Widowmaker headshot deals 2.5 damage of the body shot. Mm-hmm. Um, her te- she has a teleport ability called Swift Step, which works through walls and has a generous distance. Um, her second ability is called Protection Suzu. Uh, she throws out a bell which makes nearby allies and herself briefly invulnerable and cleanses debuffs. Um, I've heard back in, this is kind of the main thing I've seen people complain about is that she has like an invulnerability um, ability that you can throw out there. I've seen some people be like, look, it's like, it's very quick. It's like a point, like 0.75 of a second or something. I'm, I'm, I'm recalling a number, but please don't hold me to that. It's really quick. It's not so immortality people, field where it's until yeah. you destroy the, the lamp. I've heard. So I've heard diff, both sides of the argument with people being like, it's super quick. So it's just like it will negate one like quick burst of damage. And I've seen other people throw out, well, like we need to stop putting these sorts of immor- like invulnerability things in the game because it just negates any sort of counterplay with it, like with any sort of alt or any sort of. And like you can go back in circles with it. I think if it all matters on that timing and when you choose to use it. However, I think having a bunch of abilities like that, it just makes it more and more easy. But like if you're stacking that with an immortality field, you can just all you, it is very easy to have some sort of immortality or invulnerability on the field at all, at all times. Well, it won't be that long. I mean, cause you've got a long cooldown still on immortality field, but well, the it's cooldown like, on this is 14 seconds as of now, which is less than if immortality field. That's still long, though. Like, think about other healers, like, cooldowns. None, none of the other healers have cooldowns that are that long on their abilities. You know what I mean? Like, you're still mm-hmm. not getting to use that as often as you are, like, Ananade or something, right? Which is anti-heal, right? Mm-hmm. Which allows you to burst down a target immediately. So... This is this is entering some sort of counterplay to what Antinade does a little bit, right? In, in a different way, you know, because Immortality Field is something you can destroy. Um, well, it works as a cleanse too. I think is part of it, which cleanse is something that like hasn't been like immediate, hasn't been talked about a ton in Overwatch. Um, but it's like when you have any sort of status effect on you, you cleansing it would remove that status effect. So like if yeah. you're as it's like when you get hit with an anti-nade and then Azaria bubbles you and it removes that effect. Yeah. It's similar to that. But think about that too, right? Like you don't really have any cleanses for anti-nade right now. Like there's not much counterplay to Ana. And I know there's just bubble on that. And, yeah. and how many teams are playing Zarya right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like sure, maybe in your lower level games you can play Zarya and you can, you know, you yourself and some other person or, you know, two other people or yourself twice, right? But like you still don't really have a lot of cleansing abilities to try and deal with anti-nade like anti-nade is very oppressive in a lot of ways um it's important in what makes anna work right like the overheal and the anti-heal so i don't think it's a bad idea to introduce some sort of stuff like like as a counter to her in a little bit of the way as far as one of her most important abilities right because wouldn't you say anti-heal is maybe her most important um and I, I think yeah it's definitely what people rotate around yeah it's the primary cooldown you're using yeah it's the the primary thing so it makes sense that that you want to um have some sort of way to attack it because there's not really a way to attack it right now especially from a support standpoint right like if you're trying to heal uh one of your teammates and they get hit with anti-heal well, you're just kind of screwed right you can keep pumping shots mm-hmm. into them and hoping they survive a burst um in time and and like I don't know. I, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Uh, it. We'll see how it ends up being in the game. If it's too oppressive, then you change it, right? Like, I, I well, feel- go ahead. And like looking at it, you can watch gameplay. The way it like 
to have like a, a reasonable, I guess, like time comparison, um, they show her using it um, with like a Reinhardt about to charge a bastion. And it's enough literally for the Reinhardt to begin his charge animation. And then before it's already over before he starts moving forward. Yeah. Like it's enough. It, it is very quick, but I, I can, at the same time, I understand people's um, caution with having this kind of ability in game. Um, I understand the caution for it, but I think until we see it like used regularly, which we won't see until playoffs, but which I don't know. I don't know if I love the idea. It's it's classic Blizzard, of course, but like introducing another a major game piece in right as the playoffs start for the fifth year in a row. Um, so we'll see. She has that. Um, she also has so her ultimate is called Kitsune Rush. She creates a path lined with uh, Tori gates. Um, which it's yeah, it's a straight path down the middle. It glows like this ghostly green. Um, and it's where like that fox you see in all of her art is from. Um, so it boosts movement, attack, and reload speed for her and her teammates. It also reduces cooldown speeds. Um, so like if you're rushing a point, um, you throw that down, your team gets the speed boost, and your attack, reload, and cooldowns all go way quicker. Um, I think it could be really good. She also has a wall climb passive like Genji and um, like Genji and Hanzo. And I've seen friends of ours even make the complaint like, um, do all the Japanese characters in this game all have to be ninjas who are all friends with each other and all know each other and already have the same background. And which if you look at her lore, it's very explicit. Like she was friends with Genji and Hanzo. She was trained by the same people, but then blah, 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 like, I've seen some people be critical of the design. Um, I think the kit should be really interesting to play. It seems like she'll be very high skill. I think for something that I like is all about headshots. Your guys like, I mean, Iris isn't on the Houston anymore, but like your guys like Iris, like Shu, I think will do really well with this character. Yeah. I like, I get the, the complaint, but I also don't get it. Like what's wrong with her being like in the same circle as Genji and Hanzo. I think the main thing I've heard from people is that they want if they want a little bit more and granted, this isn't something that people said until like we knew what it was. But I think it's people being critical of wanting a difference in the design instead of doing another ninja character. But I mean, I get it, but ninjas are cool. Like I get wanting more ninjas and stuff like I I, I don't know, like it, it character design is hard as it is already, right? Like. I don't know. I, I feel like this is the, the, the there, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that have a little bit more originality, come up with something else. But part of me is also like, I, I don't want to die on this hill, you know, mm-hmm. um, more details. Uh, so Kiriko will be locked behind a. So this is something new is that um characters, new characters are going to be locked behind a battle pass, um, which is going to be 10 bucks. Uh, to unlock everything instantly or to grind through the free battle pass to unlock the characters for the core game modes. Um, and if you already own Overwatch one, I think it was if you or if you own if you own Overwatch one or if you have like the pre bought like founders edition for Overwatch two, um, I think you get that character for free or you get Kiriko for free. Um, and looking through that, I, there's been a lot of debate back and forth about like whether or not it's fair Fair is not the right word. Um, whether or not it works for Overwatch to lock heroes behind a battle pass of some kind, um, with the intention being that like, oh, but like, what if somebody plays that character plays a character and you can't hard counter somebody because the character that you need to use for that is hard locked behind a battle pass? And Aaron Keller actually, either Aaron Keller or somebody else on the team talked about actually they're switching their balancing philosophy to go forward. Um, uh, quote we've made changes yeah this was from Aaron Keller we've made changes to reduce the amount of hard counters that Overwatch has we want the game to be a little bit more organic we want people to have more impact but we also want them to have more freedom in what hero they're choosing for any particular situation uh, and then when a new hero is introduced they won't be available in competitive modes right away um, it seems like about two weeks which will help players get comfortable with them and have more time to earn them while giving the devs a chance to retune their balance and I don't know. In general, I think that's a good like is it ideal like for what I we I think what we initially wanted for the game with being able to having to hard counter and switch all the time. 
it's not it, it doesn't drive with what like the original vision i think was definitely but i think is it more accurate to just what the state of the game is and how people actually play the game i think so yeah because you have pe- a lot of people with like you were saying uh when we were getting ready to discuss everything here today before we started our our recording was that you know they found out that a lot of people you know only have a couple characters that they play you know, and I think that's true of most of these games, right? Like, I think League of Legends is probably similar as well. And if you're talking about balancing for not just the high end, but the low end, if you're having, like, too many hard counters, like, sometimes a hard counter to one thing can also just make it very overpowered for everything else. So, um, at lower levels, right? So, I I think it, it there, there's, like, there is some good reasoning behind why they want to do it. Am I a big fan of it? I don't know. I'll have to see how it really gets implemented because you you can say you want to do that, but if you actually do it, is another uh, is a whole different thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, I want to see it implemented first before I I really um, give my judgment on it. John Spector has the quote that on top of that, here a majority of players in Overwatch One have a majority of their playtime on two or fewer two or fewer heroes and you can get to 99.9% of playtime for a majority of our players with 12 or fewer heroes but using a couple of heroes for most of how they play then sometimes they'll swap and they'll add in a couple more wait can we can we stop for a second yeah uh, he said something about 12 or more no it's not or 12 or less or whatever like, like why was 12 a number he said and you can get to 99.9% of playtime for a majority of our players with 12 or fewer heroes well, yeah, because most roles don't have twelve freaking heroes in it, John. Like, I th- I'm sorry, that's I going am- across every single. I know we. I understand. I know. It, it, it just it blows my mind. Oh, you mean if you're somebody who plays healer, you you don't have twelve players to play, and you're not getting to twelve. Why is that the number? I just don't get it. There are things that, that comes out of this man's mouth that drive me insane. The logic and reasoning sometimes doesn't make any sense if this was league of legends where you have 150 champions to choose from then i understand when you're talking about people only playing 12 or less the rosters what's the size of the roster 30 something 40 am i uh, being generous here i think it's like 30 you're not even Uh, talking i want to yeah off the top of my head you're you're talking about like half the 35 12 is is almost half the roster then of course, somebody's not playing half the roster because you're only playing one role generally. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, at least if you're going to be using statistics, use statistics that make sense in a way that actually help your argument and, and aren't stupid. Um, and it looks like they're going to. So he, he went up, he fought up with we want these heroes to be reasonably attainable for people who are playing regularly if you're going to play for free and earn the hero that way we do want you to play the game regularly during the season to get there um so it's not going to be like at the end of the battle pass is what he it sounds like um it'll be more towards the middle you know what i don't understand why don't they just do it like um what do you call it um valorant where you have like a contract thing, right? And and you don't have to like if you don't play that season of the battle pass. Like they have said it, they did confirm. Um, I don't have it in this article, but I did hear as from another place that like you will still have the avenue to unlock a character even if they're not in that battle pass by playing for free, or do I have to pay? I do not know. See what I'm, this is stupid. This is why it's stupid. Again. You're 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 doing something that people don't do with their battle passes. This is why this doesn't make any sense. They looked at battle passes and think, oh, this is how it makes the most sense. And I get like their reasoning is, oh, it's the thing that's most attractive for people to do it. No, it's not. People do battle passes because they want the cosmetics, because most games, I don't know of any game where something in game that matters is in the battle pass. Can you think of a game where the battle pass is where you get something that matters in game? Um, not to my knowledge. I haven't played Valorant in a while, but besides so, heroes. So n- no good games, right? Uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Exactly. Because nothing comes to mind because nobody does it. This is what I don't understand. Is they look at there a model. There will be ways to earn heroes introduced in earlier seasons. If the players miss the season they're included in or don't reach the level they need. This is vague, so don't be mad at me for this. 
Uh, this is from an article with Destructoid. Special challenges will be made available, or they can be directly purchased from the shop with Overwatch coins. So if that's their con- like, if that's what they're if they're going the the Fortnite route of like, here's our V bucks that you can get from the battle pass, or that you can purchase in order to purchase this hero. Yeah, but when I buy Goku, he doesn't make me better at the game or worse at the game or change how the game is played. That's the difference. Yeah, and I'm not saying like, that—that's what's frustrating. Not you're just reading what it says, but what frustrates well, and, me is their logic. Well, and it's their argument that like we're go- moving to a less ho- to less focus on hard counters and more on kind of in. They said organic. I think of it more as homogenized, where it's like it's there. It's a broad base of heroes with slight differences that might reflect a certain kit, but no hard, like much less hard counters. Now. Knowing how this has gone for the past six years, it's not like we trust them to pull that off well. You know, what's? I think the funniest part about this is all I hear is more things of why I don't want to play the game. <laughs> That's all I'm hearing. Like, it's funny. The organic, more organic is their wording. What does that mean? That's uh, just copy speak. PR it, speak. It's it bad mean speak. Anything. It's bad speak, though. I don't get it. I don't understand. Everything you're doing is dumb. Why are you doing it? What is wrong with them? I just don't. You know what's great about Valorant is like if I there's a new like agent or whatever that comes out and it came out six months ago and I haven't played the game in six months. If I really want to try that that agent, I go. You can go in the practice range and play that character. You can still. you can go in the practice range and play the character. But not only that, if I really want to unlock that character after I've gone to the practice range and tried out the character, I can do it. At any time, because they don't have, oh, it's only for a limited time. And, and the pay aspect being there always is whatever. But we're talking about free play, right? Mm-hmm. I have an option as a free player to start a contract for that agent anytime. There is no, oh, you can only do this right now because we have this one free thing that's going on, just like we did with skins, right? That's what they're doing. It's stupid. I hate it. I really hate it. I, it just makes me angry. It makes me so mad. So we'll see how stuff keeps going. I mean, from what they've even said, heroes are like their primary, like it's what they get. It's where where they primarily draw interest from. It's their primary like piece of content. So I this is a fundamental lacking of their own content is what's driving me crazy. And I'm not I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's just like, yeah. And if I have this character that I love, I love Cassidy. I don't I have him unlocked. That's not what I'm playing for. I'm playing because I want the cool skins that Cassidy has. Mm-hmm. That's my draw. Which I will say to the art team's credit, these new skins, like the amount of like the new skins look like incredible as far as like quality. They Great. have the first the first season looks like it's going to be like cyberpunk themed. Like these new skins. I, I've seen people like Pharaoh or like other um, Twitter people talking about that like the this skin like this equivalent of a skin in valorant would be like 50 dollars. <laughs> this is equivalent of a skin in apex legends is like a hundred bucks almost that's great that's awesome i'm glad that they're doing it's a separate point it. it's a separate point the, va- the new skins look very cool but i do i agree with you that like assuming that the heart like putting a new character without a consistent way to earn them outside of season without a consistent way to get like without a consistent way to get there is it just it, it's you're throwing a hurdle in, in front of yourself for no reason in a dumb way like mm-hmm. free to play is always going to have hurdles right that's how you that's you know the, the point of free to play is uh you have hurdles if you're going to do it right it makes it harder to be free to play but they want to make money so it's you, you understand why the hurdles are there but when you add a hurdle and then you also are like, yeah, well, we're also going to end the race um, because we feel like it when other people when I can go to Valorant and I can go, oh, I I haven't been playing. But, oh, there's this really I didn't even know they released this cool agent that they have now. I really want to play that agent. I either have to pay or there's no other way for me to to do this. And I'm a free to play. Like you're, you're disincentivizing your free to play players. Which is an important part of your your player base, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about it as 
the pass actually comes out to launch. Um, going into summer showdown for this uh, tournament, we've got a pretty fun tournament by and large. Lots of, I mean, granted, you got a decent helping of 3-0, but lots of 3-2s as well. Um, really, really strong tourney for, I would say, for London. Toronto has a great run in here. Um, we'll talk about the winners, obviously. But West yeah. Bracket was really fun. Eastern Bracket's a little bit more straightforward. I was going to say, I think they both didn't have many, like, 3-2s. Like, I think there was, like, three total <laughs> in the uh, entire... See, one, one, two, three three there's four i think <laughs> yeah that there's a fourth one what was the fourth one philly versus soul philly versus soul yeah oh that was wait one two where's where's the oh i meant Flo- okay florida yeah, yeah florida has two of, course, of them Flor- florida's got two of them but that's florida for you i guess they don't know how to play anything other than three twos it seems like lately yeah. So going through round one, uh, Washington versus Dallas, um, just following. I was working when this game was happening. So following the social media, I was just like, oh, God, Washington's out to a 2-0 start. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Um, but like this is kind of the only low point for Dallas this entire tournament. Um, Washington comes out to a hot start 2-0. And then it's just three solid like lockout maps from dallas is it i i just wonder if it's like dallas getting used to playing on the stage or something you know i don't know what it is like like why they they and it's not like they were they weren't like destroyed in the first two maps or anything though either right like they were still in both of those maps like sure they lost 2-0 on ilios but like it wasn't like it was 100 to 0 stomps or something you know what i mean and Pari and Pariso is 3-2 so that's tight as well Exactly. So, so I don't know, I don't know what was wrong with them those first two maps, but they they figure it out, and then, I mean, from there on, like it's crazy because like they lose one map the rest of the way, is nuts. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That's a pretty good run, you know. I think Dallas scared the, the them the right amount for them to to be on on the right track the rest of the way. London get a three one win over Toronto Defiant. Um shaky start for toronto for this tournament um i think london london had kind of talked about beforehand that they were going to this tournament with like a different mental approach um that they were like we know we can hang here but we really want to make sure like we actually have the correct mental approach to act like to hang in through these tougher games on the live stage format um i mean it didn't go past first round but they look pretty good here um Toronto has kind of a rough first game, mm-hmm. but they they go on to have a really fun run. We'll talk about in a second. Vancouver, you're stoked they made it. You're happy they made it to the tournament. We didn't expect them to win anything. And uh, sure enough, they lose 3-1 to San Francisco Shock. They do get the win on Midtown, though, which is if, if I'm Vancouver, I'm taking that. That's pretty good. I was going to say, it's, it's funny to me because it's not a control map, right? Like, if you expect yeah. them to lose any map for San Francisco, it, like, historically has just always been control. And they don't lose the control, though. That's the weird part. Like, of all the, the maps that Vancouver is going to take, that's the one that they don't take. <laughs> it's, just, it's, kind of, it's just kind of funny in, in that mm-hmm. respect. Sucks for Vancouver, though. You know, like, they were just happy to be there, I'm sure. I'm sure that that they were happy to just be in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Houston Outlaws 3-0 over Florida Mayhem. And you probably three, would feel good at that I'll point. take it. I will take it, man. Um, considering that it feels like we always like are 3-2-ing or like just barely edging out Florida, I will take it. Um, they have a, a not a great tournament, unfortunately. It, uh, I take that well, no, because they get 3-0'd <laughs> from they get 3-0'd by Houston. They go no, I take that back. I take that back. They like not the progress I think you wanted from there, but like they take care of business in most aspects. It's once you get into like the round threes, round fours, where they start kind of having a harder time. Well, I mean, they literally lose in the next round, right? Like, like the tournament's not that big as far as like number of teams in there for Houston. So I don't know. Like, like oh, for Florida, they, I mean, but for no, Houston oh, doesn't Florida. have a great tournament. Houston doesn't have a great tournament either. They oh, actually yeah. end up doing worse than Florida did. Yeah, Florida, Florida was okay. Florida didn't do too bad. Um, 
but they were you know they they were what they've been like the the past like few months it feels like where they're cardiac kids the, the entire time but you're yep. right yeah houston houston i, I okay so they, they they go into the next round we already know san francisco won um you expect maybe they lose there but then the rest of the ways where it gets a little kind of like really you really houston really yeah i mean again no faith my friend i i've taught myself to just Tubs never fan. have you're never Cubs disappointed. Cubs fan. Um, Cubs fan. Losers round one. Toronto three one over Washington. Toronto kind of starts kicking themselves into gear. Um, Hisu goes that next level. Charon goes that next level. Um, Twilight, of course. It's after like after that after losing. Um, well, no, because they they take Li Zhang Price, so they lose Circuit Royale. But like. I you're if you're a Toronto fan, I think you end up being really stoked. And we'll talk about it more, but like they kind of have they have a rough kind of clunky start, but they start building momentum in a way that's really fun to watch. It's really cool too, because like um specifically for Twilight, I think is the care the guy on this team that I kinda uh most um care about because this is a guy who is considered one of the, the best flex um supports at one time, right? And I think that the this adds a little bit of merit back to him in a little bit because I think he performed pretty well. Um, and it was nice to see that the, what Toronto has sort of built there with, with guys who um, some of them have been pretty important on some good teams but kind of got cast aside, really coming together and sort of creating something that maybe, you know, maybe they don't win a championship this year, but maybe they make a lot of noise at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean... We've talked about it. It's kind of weird. Since they got rid of KDG, this team has been improving. Which I'm is not nice saying to it's see. directly it's not I don't know if it's directly correlated, but I mean it it's noticeable. Right. I mean the the they're making an impact in games, right? They're not just getting stomped on by other teams or anything like that. They're they're competing with very good teams who are at the top of the West. That's what you want to see. Uh Florida Mayhem 3-0 or Vancouver Titans. Back up to the winner's round. Um, Dallas 3-1 over London. Like we said, they only lose like one more map of this entire tournament. It's funny because like this is such a meta for them in a way that not not an unexpected way, but like you I don't think, think of it until you see it. And you're like, oh, of course. Well, I, I guess the biggest part is, is like uh, th- th- there's a couple of things that you weren't sure about, right? Like his fielder on anything other than than Anna has been a, sort of a question mark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Fielder has found himself on Brig, which is pivotal, right? In this tournament, in this whole run. Um, Edison has become a mainstay now to be the Sojourn player, which was another problem that Dallas was having, right? And then Hanbin, you know, first, you forget how talented he is. And then when he's on a champion or a champion, I'm thinking of other games, a hero where he can mm-hmm. really shine and show what he can do on something and be impactful in a game, you really notice it. Yeah. I mean, something that really works together well for this too, is that we, we know from last year that Dallas is one of Dallas's strengths is just that sort of team play really kind of group rotating cooldowns, group rotating uh, focus fire. And in a meta where that just is like, it's always a big focus in Overwatch, but where it is like the immediate primary focus they have they've been doing super well they have but one other thing i forgot to mention though too um sparkle found himself again Mm -hmm. Uh, it felt like um especially on the genji right like genji genji so important um in the composition that was played all tournament long right um also the like edison ash being like something that people had to sort of either match or figure out how they wanted to deal with too like i almost forgot about that but like that was another part that um made things a little different for teams for what they had to deal with. So having their own little wrinkle to what, you know, what was the meta and other teams were doing it too, but they seem to be the team that kind of did it not first, but were the team we saw the most of it from. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at next game, Houston falls three, one to San Francisco. Like you and I were talking about Houston, like strong start. And then just kind of sputters out immediately. Like, it is unfortunate because this is just Houston's spot. It feels like they're able to like kind of stretch past that middle pack. And then once it comes to actually 
playing any sort of like team with momentum or top contender team, it falls apart. They're the, they're the gatekeepers, right? Yep. They're still the gatekeepers, unfortunately. And like, uh, San Francisco is one of those teams that you've got to be trying to get past it. You know, it, it also helps that they have, you know, the guy who's probably going to be rookie of the year, uh, mm-hmm. might even be MVP depending on how the season finishes out for San Francisco. Um, so makes it a little tougher, right? Uh, you, you, you're going against the team with, with it just finds talent wherever, you know, and, and is able to bring them in and then make them all work together and, and Violet really being able to continually improve on like heroes that you don't necessarily think about him being, you know, Lucio being one of them, obviously. Toronto three Oh, over Houston next round, uh, Florida three, two over London, knocking them out. Um, yeah, I was wrong. Cause despite having like a pretty, like despite having kind of like a, a weak open, they have a, pr- a pretty strong tournament up until they get eliminated next round. Right, you think about it that the they made it really far for Florida. Um I think it that this is kind of where you would see them maybe, you know, struggle a little bit is is here, right? In that next mm. game. Um or even here with London, which they did, right? Like they have to reverse sweep London to even move on. So it's not like London was um you know, it's not like it was uh it wasn't really back and forth, right? It was it was more about coming back for it in the first game for Florida, which kind of been their MMO 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 as of late. You got that. Um, Dallas three Oh San Francisco for the first game. I mean, and you already mentioned it. Hanbin, I think, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if they would give any sort of MVP for each individual tournament, but Hanbin clearly is just like so good at junker clean. It is just kind of the linchpin of every single attack. It's so crazy too. Cause like, you would think that these games would have been not that they were bad, but like that, that San Francisco would manage to get a, you know, a map or two against them. Cause it's, it's not like it, it, it wasn't a stomp in the first, um, in the first series between them. Right. Like, like San Francisco wins the first point of control, but then doesn't win the map. Right. Um, it's a five, four slobber knocker for, for Hollywood. And then, um, you know, map three, for Circuit Royale, they get full hold. That that's a little bit of the shock, right? Is probably that part there with how the first two went. So I, I don't think anybody saw how the finals was going to go if they ended up playing each other again. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't like you know, Dallas dominated at points, like Circuit Royale, didn't dominate the entire time. Um, next game up, we got Florida versus Toronto. Toronto continuing on this great run. Um, they win th- three straight games in losers bracket. Um, I think something else to even mention too. We talk about land buff, right? It doesn't always get mentioned, but like they went on, like they said it. Um, you had other people like who were at the event saying it that like having that live crowd bu- at your back, like really rooting for you, helps so much in those situations. And like. I, we like we had joked beforehand that like we were concerned if they were even going to make it to their own event, but like to go in and to put on such a strong showing for your fans and get farther than honestly I would have thought they would have gotten. It's great. It's really good, right? You're pretty happy with it, I think. You have to be. Like, how are you not? If you're uh, if you're a Toronto fan, this has to be way better than you expected. Um, and I think it helps, right? To like, if if you're if you want to. You, you get a little bit lucky in that sense too. Not not that Toronto got lucky to get where they are. I'm saying that the, that it's kind of lucky to do that in, in the tournament in your own backyard because you you talk about a way of creating a fan base or creating people, creating memorable moments. Like they without a doubt did that for people who are Toronto fans. Like sure, it ended in, in loss at the end, but man, talk about the exciting way to get to where they did against a, a juggernaut of a team, right? Like like it's not like they got taken out by by Vancouver, you know, they got taken out by multi-champion considered the best coach in the league, brightest young talent the league has to offer team. That's a, that's a good way to go out. Mm -hmm. Now they have a really great showing. They three two Florida, Florida also has like a good run. Um, I think, and these teams are pretty evenly matched or at least like you would expect it to be a pretty tight game. It goes the distance to three, two. 
back and forth. Um, yeah, Toronto comes out of it ahead. Uh, loses bracket final. San Francisco over Toronto 3-1. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Violet Violet on San Francisco put out like was quoted as saying like yeah like we were I was really like surprised like how much like the crowd kind of cheering against us really got me like it really kind of was unnerving and someone's response and granted this is so cold and like kind of horrible but somebody's response was like dog like haven't you like told people to kill themselves in ranked before (laughs) like you're the villain sometimes man like you get used to it yeah like like you really kind of you, you you're already you're, you're one you're not playing at home right so that's of course going to happen but two like you, you've made yourself the villain with things that you have said you know it's kind of ironic that you you would be the there is well, some like, irony to that for sure i imagine that he wasn't in there being like oh like i was like no i don't think anybody there is booing violet specifically because if he's done stuff like that but no like, but it's still <laughs> ironic right the soft like the the attitude is just like Oh, I just I wasn't prepared. I was a nerd, like dog. Like there's you are notorious for being like you've super hard to deal with in rank. Right. You've unnerved people in ranked, man. Like you <laughs> How many times have it. you been banned at this point, man? Like, come on. Right. Like you you've you've kinda I mean, he's been good lately though, you know, which which I think is also one of those things. So it's like people gotta gotta chill out a little bit, you know. He's mm-hmm. probably changed since then. Like he hasn't been banned since what when was it the last ban? Like two, the year and a half ago or something? Like season three, yeah. Yeah, so so it's been a little bit now, right? Like, like, but but I do think that the the little bit of irony in, in that whole situation is funny, though, for sure. You know, um, that's but that's how it should be, though. Too, it should be unnerving for for an enemy player going into the hometown of the home team. You know, like like that's how you want it to be. So it, it's cool. It's so weird because it's like we know the numbers and stuff, right? For for like the tournaments and everything, as far as viewer counts and and all of that, right? But like they still are packing these, you know, they're not like massive stadiums, but they're packing them up and and making it be a fun, um, a fun tournament for people to watch, right? You know, quickly on that note, uh, viewership has been declining. We know this, um, yeah. So Summer Showdown 2021 peak 70,000 um average viewership 48.1k this season Summer Showdown uh all like just barely under 52k as your peak and media, like average of 28.7k viewers um again I don't obviously you don't feel good about it but like you just wonder what the whole point behind this is like, oh, the new game will like drive people to watch. Like the new game is going to be the fact that we have a new game is going to be the primary motivator for people to be invested in to watch. And that's clearly not happening. What are you telling investors? What are you telling team owners at this point to keep them still invested in this? Because like everything you've told everything we've been led to believe that like this is going to be what the resurgence is, is not happening right now. And you don't want to see Overwatch League fail. Like nobody should want to see Overwatch League fail if you are somebody who um is a fan of esports like overwatch league failing is not good Mm. uh, for a lot of reasons because one it's going to scare away a lot of investors and it's going to scare away a lot of sponsors right um because of how drastically it's failed so um not that it has failed yet but you know what i mean so nobody should want that um but more importantly it's just kind of like man like it is frustrating, right? It's definitely extremely frustrating that this one thing that that we think could be so good has been difficult to to watch sometimes. Um, I definitely find my interest waning continually, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something I'm trying to battle, but it's hard to, uh, especially too because I have a lot of friends who are involved, very involved with the Overwatch League. Um, they're their livelihoods sort of rely on it. So I don't want to see things fail, but I'm also struggling to, um, keep my interest mm-hmm. and no, keep I'm in myself that same boat. wanting to do this. I'm in that same boat. Um, like we talked about, we alluded to before Dallas four Oh sweeps San Francisco in the finals. Um, there's some close moments, but by and large, it's just Dallas firing on all cylinders. There's a um, couple maps where they just, they were awesome. Dallas. Yeah. like they they just continue to ascend 
you know what? This is the other frustrating part about it too, is I love Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still a Dallas fan. I'm a big Sparkle fan. And getting up for this these games is still hard. Yeah. And it's not Sparkle or, or the Dallas Fuel's fault. You know? No. But it's, it does it's it, it, it's very hard. It's it's Violet's fault. <laughs> it's Violet's fault. It's See, not his fault either. Shut up. Well, and like there was a comp like you saw like some you saw some idiots kind of starting to form this narrative of like you have some small people in the shock community who are angry that the team has not placed high has not won a tournament at this point to start looking to who can we blame who can we put stuff on and i don't know exactly why and maybe they didn't perform up to what the exact standard was but i guess that like kilo is the new target for that so they were like it's kilo's fault and so you saw i don't know if you saw the meme this week chris or last week where it was like people were switching out the shock lineup for kilo for lip and it was like this map is set up exactly the same, except this lineup change happens. What do you think the final outcome is? And it's like, oh, yes, we switched out Kilo for the best hit scam player in the league, maybe of all time ever. Oh, my gosh. I, I wonder how it goes. I, I, that's so weird to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. That's that's kind of goofy to me. Uh, um, Looking through the APAC bracket, it's a lot more straightforward. Um, Shanghai 3-0 over, over Guangzhou. Uh, Philly loses three two to Seoul. Um, this one is Seoul's tricky, man, because like they have this unorthodox lineup. You have Profit on the Brig, which he's played before. We know he's good at it. Um, Stalker looks great on the Genji. Fitz looking great on the Ash and the Sojourn. Um, I think part of it is like you want we want we want Philly to do better, but ob- like that isn't happening still. Just, Philly's in a weird spot, man. It's always like a limp to get into the playoffs. And then I don't know why we would expect them to play any bit higher when it was like a struggle to get in there in the first place. Yeah, Philly's kind of not the team we thought it would be, I think is more of what it is, right? Like, also, I don't know how much it's been talked about. Like, Carpe? I mean, how much Carpe have we seen this year? He's you know? had moments where he's played um, kind of frequently. More often than not, you have MN3 is your guy for the hit scan. That's what I'm saying. Like, is Carpe like, honest, has, has he fallen off that much? You know what I mean? I, like, I think we're, I think we've seen the last of Carpe this season. As far as like, I, I think he's done after this season, which it's like, I don't know, it's kind of unfortunate because Carpe, I don't think Carpe is that old. No, uh, I think you can make the argument. I'm not saying that I think it's 100% true. I think you can make the argument that it's been a slow decline since like season two but he's only 23 you know what i mean like there should oh, not be as a- if he fell off some cliff and was horrible but i guess like when you look at him being like elite top five but that's what i'm saying <laughs> there shouldn't be that he's 23 he's not 29 30 he's too old you know, he's, he's not old. he's not he's not esports old what brand what, what brand like walker do you think he uses do you think he has the one with the tennis balls on the bottom or do you think of, he just has one with the you have to put the, the tennis balls are put on the bottom so that way you're not scratching floors up and stuff everybody does it. come on now um no but but seriously like what's i just want to know what's happening like why like why is it, it's always felt like carpe is sort of like the person that they've built around for philly but he's not playing. So what? What's going on? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, everything hit scan available to him. Uh, you know, the only thing I've I've ever had a gripe with seeing him on is Tracer. Like any other hero, and I've u- usually fine with him playing. So I just don't know what's going on with him, and it's it sucks. It just really sucks to see, and it sucks to see Philly struggle like this. Sure, they three zero in the next round, Guangzhou, but then. You know, they get to play Soul once again and Soul's like, you know, this time we're not going to give you two maps and, and you know, like we did, which like Soul was up to 2-0 in that first game as well. So, yeah, I, I'm just not sure what's going on with with um, with Philly because like you, yeah, they're in third place technically right in the East. Um, but like there is such this separation that has happened now for the East. Actually, they're in fourth. The spark are above them. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. They're tied. They're tied. But whatever. It's still, my point remains valid, right? Like, th- th- there is Seoul and there's Shanghai, and then there's everybody else in the East. 
Yeah, it's very clear at this point that that's where the divider is. It's Seoul and Shanghai, Seoul and Shanghai, excuse me, a while off. I think there's Hangzhou, but after that, it's just a it's off a cliff. Well, I think Hangzhou and Philly, I think, are in the same position. Um, and then there's the cliff, and then there's Chengdu, Guangzhou, and, and LA at the bottom. Um, it makes no sense to me that 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 uh, Philly is that way. I mean, we'll see though. There's still a little bit of time before this ends. You know, we don't know how things are going to change before this next um, bit of games start too. So maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe they'll turn it around. Well, I mean, they beat Guangzhou three zero. Um, Shanghai sweeps Seoul. Seoul sweeps Philly. Well, not sweeps. I'm sorry. Seoul beats Philly three one. Grand finals is Shanghai and Seoul. Uh, Shanghai takes it four two. Uh, you just have a bunch of moments in here, I think, where like you really see like who are you has a great game. Uh, Void has a great game. Also it's felt, like felt like lip is lip again a little bit too, right? Yeah, but, like Shanghai is kind of an iffy all season. They've been like good, but never like as good as we know they are capable of being. And I think it really, it really is starting to get back into form. You, you can't help but wonder if like, you know, maybe a, it's we're going to get the 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 championship we were promised last year. Maybe we mm-hmm. get it this year. Maybe we get our Dallas versus Shanghai championship game this year. I um, mean, we'll see. Well, it'll depend on like where it's going to depend I, on meta a little bit, obviously. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens too with um if Glad's have any sort of resurgence or if they still struggle for a stage and and like. There, there's definitely like multiple teams to talk about as far as like, I think this is maybe the most wide open the championship's been ever in the history of the league, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Other than maybe season one, right? Because um, like, who really thought London was going to win going into playoffs? Season oh, not one? at all. We had all expected it to be New York, I think. And then when New York got knocked out, we were like, oh, wow. This one, yeah, right. Exactly. And then, you know, season two, it was very clear there was only two teams, right? Um, the entire time. So, season three, it was who's going to be able to knock off the the you know the big bad giant. Um, season four, you thought it was going to you, it was Dallas and Shanghai, but then Atlanta comes in and up you know ends up being the team to go to the championship, right? So, this might be the year for Dallas Shanghai, but I think this is also the year where it's most wide open. So, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, last thing for today, um, some info came out earlier uh, this week, uh, with, um, because of the freedom of information act that's happened, um, the Activision Blizzard had to provide pay bans for Raven software when they were trying to bust the game workers Alliance, which is the union that, um, Activision Blizzard employees, but I think specifically Raven software employees are putting, um, have put together. Um, in order to do that, they had to provide a, um, a set of pay bans, which pretty much states, what the what the name of like a job or like a job is at the company the salary range the minimum like so the minimum salary maximum salary um and then whether it's like hourly or salaried and if it's exempt from the FLSA which I do not know what that is um but um i think again this information being public just very much helps under it helps people to understand i think what i, I don't know i'm trying to put the right trying to think of the right way to put it but like it is important to know whether or not you're being treated fairly in the workplace whether or not you're being compensated fairly and i think when when we don't have those kinds of conversations people can be taken care can be taken advantage of example of that so literally the one of the most like tweets under this is from uh somebody on twitter who goes hey oh industry hiring manager here with access to national data averages across tech i reviewed the raven qa job rex they match with other industry industry recs in tech companies uh, in, in tech of companies with greater than or equal to market valuations in term of role responsibilities. And there's a 40 60% pay disparity FYI. And then um, Chrissy, who is a AAA developer, I think used to maybe be with, I forget if, if Chrissy p- was part of Riot or, or who Chrissy is part of, but somebody I follow on Twitter goes, uh, production salary, um, uh, the production coordinator salary on the high band is 28K less than what I make. 
as well. So like not just like low end positions not getting what they should be paid. Mm-hmm. Higher end positions not getting what they should be paid as well. Well, and you look at it as well, like they're talking about that um people aren't getting paid, but it's also like it's it seems like games has a large issue with paying people fairly, people paying people correctly. So much so that you see people leaving games a lot just because it's it makes much more sense financially for them to just go straight into tech. It depends depends on the company you work for too, right? Like, um, there's a lot of companies where people don't have this pay disparity problem. Um, I know Rockstar in particular is one where, and and Rockstar has had their own other issues with like overworking people and stuff. But like as far as pay is concerned, though, Rockstar has never been a company where, um that has been an issue right so so there are companies that do pay competitively compared to other people in tech but this is this is beyond i think yep so it's good to have this information is out there um just for use in negotiating for use in accountability um so just hoping that it continues to push forward progress i mean it's been a year oh it's been more than a year but i know like ABK has been talking about like there it's been a year since the initial strike and since the it's been a couple months since the anniversary. So now at this point, the current like the mood I have heard from people is that it feels like what like Microsoft bought Blizzard promised to do something about it. And then it's just kind of like swept everything under the rug. We don't really know what's going on. We don't really know what the current state of things is as far as proceeding towards any sort of like justice or any sort of solving of the past harassment issues. But Microsoft can't do anything yet. Well, they haven't officially purchased the company. They're in the process of right, but they haven't yeah, like, officially purchased. So, so what can they do? Like, I, I feel like it's more of the. If I were to have a guess, it's not that. Um, it's more like Activision Blizzard higher ups are more just pawning it off on that being the reason than that actually being Microsoft's fault, right? Because they technically can't do anything right now. So what are they supposed to, you know what I mean? What are they supposed to do? What can they say? The, the company, they're, they're technically not in control yet. So I, I don't know why people would even believe that, you know, um, when, when it's still not even, you know, it's not like they're part of Microsoft already. We'll see where it goes. I mean, because yeah, I think it's using the Microsoft acquisition to like kind of take away attention so that we, people don't have to talk about it. So they can try and do it like behind well, so that they can try and just get this thing over with behind closed doors. But it's still important to keep attention towards it. Yeah, definitely worth paying attention for sure. Alrighty, sir. Um, anything else before we wrap up for today? Uh, no. I like I said, I it's uh one of those things where it's like it's it's really cool that we're getting to to the end of the season and and we have it being very wide open i'm just curious to know um if there can there's going to be some buzz or if they'll create some more buzz and maybe if the game releases maybe we'll get some more interest we'll see we'll see not confident oh no i am not confident either but um it was funny it was um I saw somebody post like a, a a joke tweet. It's like I survived the Overwatch content drought of 2017 to 2022, and I was like, "Bro, it's still <laughs> don't it's still happening. It's still happening." <laughs> Ugh, such is our lives, Labosco. Um, if you want to help us out, well, for one, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to help us out, best thing you can do is leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, if you want to help support our podcast network specifically. Um, we have a ton of great people and a ton of great other shows. And if you want to learn more about them, you can always dig in the mash those buttons discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. A bunch of really cool shows for sure. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you already did all this. What am I doing? My brain today. My brain is all over the place. Uh, I think it's the I'm blaming the bears because of how uh, they we knew the bears were bad. It just hurts to, to know <laughs> at push point. POD is the Twitter. Um, push the point at gmail.com. If you want to email us and then, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. You can follow us on Twitter at Labosco or at Ramsey's underscore W. Uh, we'll be back soon with, um, once we get the next stage wrapped up, well, not wrapped up. Once we get the next stage underway and move forward but until then, thanks for hanging out. Um, take care of yourself. Stay safe. Have a good one.
Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 